Hello everyone, tonight, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this podcast, Kill the Cast. And my name is Jerry, and joining me is the ever-quotable Jay. And you just ruined my quote, thank you very much. Good, fuck you. <laughs> my quote now, bitch. <laughs> I was going to say, submitted for the approval of the Kill the, Cost, Kill the Cast audience, this oh. episode is entitled, Are You Afraid of the Dark? But I, like Jay's I can't better. say that now. Well, you know what? Fuck you, Kenneth, for liking his better. Uh, I almost ran that by you because I was like, I wonder if he did like the generic quote or if he did something specific from his episode. No, I didn't think because with there being 70 episodes and nothing since it's an anthology show, I wouldn't really think that anybody would have gotten anything from any specific episode. Mm, that's fair. Uh, and also joining us is the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Hi, trying to get my pipe lit. Get your pipe lit. Lighting a match for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, this episode we are doing three episodes from Are, are You Afraid of the Dark? We each picked an episode. Uh, and we will be reviewing that, but before we do that, Jay, what you been up to? Uh, I got the second session done on my Freddy and Jason half sleeve, so uh, Freddy is already in the peeling phase. Uh, one more for the detail on their weapons and some uh, a background for them, and then that'll be done. Uh, working, uh, playing some video games. Uh, I'm going to go see uh, Scary Stories tomorrow. That should be good. Okay, dope. Uh, Kenneth, what have you been up to? Um, I actually, y'all have already talked about this, but I went and saw Crawl. Hell yeah. That was damn good. And uh, other than that, not really nothing, just kind of working. What did you, tell Jay what what movie you said Crawl was. Oh, it was, uh, was it 47 meters down in a swamp. In a swamp? Well, or under somebody's house. I mean, it, in a hurricane in Florida. Let's go with that. That's exactly I don't what it feel was. Like that, that's accurate. That's exactly what it was. You got all right. Uh, in forty-seven meters down, you had two people underneath uh, uh, at the bottom of the ocean trying not to get hold eaten on, by sharks. Out, time, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have to say this without spoilers. So keep it. I'm not. I'm not going to give any friendly. end of it. All right. Uh, yeah. You got two people that are stuck at the bottom of the ocean, uh, trying not to get eaten by sharks. Yes. Yes. Okay. In fucking crawl, you've got people stuck under a house trying not to get eaten by alligators. For one part of the movie. What are you talking about for one part of the movie? Okay. That's like two. Th- I, okay. I, I, I got to agree with Kenneth on this one. It is it is the primary part of the movie. I actually agree with Kenneth's uh, sentiment. Though I do, I would rather much watch Crawl again than I would 47 Meters Down. Though I did like 47 Meters Down, I just think Crawl was... A bit more entertaining. And would you like for me to go even further into what I said about 47 meters down? Maybe we'll make a new episode about this. When Crawl <laughs> comes out on Blu-ray, we might have to do Crawl. So there you go. We can do Crawl versus 47 meters. Oh, they Horror Coliseum Crawl versus 47, 47 meters down. I'd be down for that. Yeah, that'd be pretty fucking cool. And it'd be awesome to do two new movies. Two, you know, Newer fairly movies. new movies. Yeah. yeah. All right. That um, would be pretty good. So besides seeing Crawl, anything else from you? Uh, other than that, no, not really. I mean, you know, finally getting caught up on my uh, on my Marvel. Other than that, no, not really. Okay, dope. Um, I am. 
I am on new medicine that makes me piss like once an hour, but it is working. My blood sugar is down. So that's fucking great news. Um, I have been watching Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, and it's fucking fantastic. And I think that's that's about... Oh, I am working on my Halloween costume, and uh, there, there will be pictures incoming, but I want to tell the story real quick. So I'm going as... Uh, you know, Sam Neill's character in uh, for In the Mouth of Madness, specifically when he's dressed in, like, the scrubs and he's got the crosses all over him. But I wanted to, like, kind of have a little extra, like, flavor to it. So I was like, I wanted... Someone on the internet has had to have, like, made one of these books that I can buy. It's got to be on Etsy or eBay or something. Fucking nowhere. No Etsy, no eBay, no fucking Amazon, no fucking Craigslist, Facebook, nothing. I went to reddit and i found a two-year-old post on reddit where someone actually made the books and i was like uh let me check the user posted uh you know like in the last month so i was like fuck it i'm messaging him i message him and he agrees to make me books so i just had a bunch of these books made when they come in i of course will post them in the facebook group but uh i'm going to have sutter kane books as my props for this that's pretty dope so I'm pretty excited for my Halloween costume. I know not as many people are going to get it, but the true fucking super duper horror fans will know what's going Plus, on. Plus, conventions. You could wear it to conventions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would sure. be pretty cool for fucking Days of the Dead next year. Yeah, exactly. It'd be fucking awesome. I mean, I'm I, uh, doing it. I got the last piece to my costume today, actually. So after we're done recording, I'm going to try it all on. Dope. You got to remind me to go look through my makeup stuff, Jerry. Oh, yeah, I do. I was supposed to text you about that, like, today, but I didn't. Yeah, remind me. Oh, well, so let's get into it. Now, this episode is completely um, set up. Weirdly. Yeah, weirdly is a good way. Okay, so Jay picked this episode. um, So I'm going to let Jay kind of, in here in a second, kind of talk about his history with Are You Afraid of the Dark? But for for people who don't know... Are You Afraid of the Dark is a uh, Canadian horror fantasy-themed anthology television series that was on YTV and Nickelodeon. It aired from 1990 to 1996 and for a second run from 1990 to 2000. The original series was created by DJ McHale and Ned Candle and was picked up by Nickelodeon in 1991. Uh, So, Jay, why did you want to do an episode on Are You Afraid of the Dark and what's kind of your history with it? Uh, so it was actually suggested by our uh, good friend Heather. Um, she was like, yeah, I should do an episode on this. I was like, oh, yeah, I love that show. So it was just a good idea. Um, but I – so I grew up with this show. I remember – I vaguely remember watching the premiere one Halloween, um, one October is when it came out, and watching the first episode. But it is basically Tales for the Crypt for kids. Um, there's no there's no real gore or anything. The makeup effects are pretty standard TV um actually there is some gore in this series as i was doing some research and kind of looking through um there's a there's some pretty like they like uh what the episode um uh tale of the dead man's float a kid died and the zombie is like all red and raggedy and like you can straight up see bones there's another episode where the kid where like there's a guy and half his fucking face is burnt off um, I'd actually say that this series is, is, you know, 
if Goosebumps is like the like if you would go like if you're introducing a child horror, you kind of go here's Scooby Doo. They like that. You're like okay, here's Goosebumps. They make it through like that. Okay, now the final test is: Are you afraid of the dark? Oh. I, I thought about letting Jade watch some of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because and it's kind of cool because we'll talk about an episode later where like uh, it does not have a happy ending and. Like I said in Tale of the Dead Man's Float, which we unfortunately will not be covering, but maybe a volume two, uh, a kid straight up dies. He's drowned. Um, so like, there's some pretty brutal fucking shit. In well, here. so I was I wasn't gonna say uh, I just don't remember there being you know too much uh, visual visual gore, but I remember a lot of the stories being fairly mature. Like you said, there's the one that if the kid dies. Uh, a lot of them don't have happy endings, uh, which makes me happy. Uh, some of them are happy, but a lot of them aren't. Um, and some of them have really good twists, too, uh, which always make me happy Yeah. Uh, when the writing on a children's show is really good. But I watched this show religiously when it was out uh, originally. Um, I rewatched it uh, maybe 10, 12 years ago. I re-downloaded it and uh, watched some of it then. Um, and now I kind of want to watch it all again that, I've, uh, that I have it for this episode. Uh, but I just, I love this show, um, and it was definitely a good intro into horror for me. Um, I think it made it really easy for me to digest uh, Tales from the Crypt after um, after this. When did Tales from the Crypt start? Uh, I can find out. Uh, 1989. Uh, um, you're quicker than I am. Yeah, well, because I was wondering, because like, I know, because uh, a lot of the people who worked on Are You Afraid of the Dark their inspiration comes directly from the Twilight Zone, like submitted for the approval of that's from the Twilight Zone. That's from Rod Sterling. He would say oh, that. Um, you're right. They've done a lot, a lot of the stuff they do in the series. Some of them are direct nods to stories that were in Twilight Zone. Um, so like, it's kind of funny. I guess like, um, I've watched more Twilight Zone than I have Tales from the Crypt. So for me, when I watched these three episodes, I immediately was like, "Oh my, yeah, this is this is Tales from the, this is Twilight Zone for children." That's immediately what I went to, um, but I have not watched as much Tales from the Crypt as as most people. I probably should watch more, but I guess I've seen the whole didn't you series. snag that box set when they were cheap? No, no, that was when I was broke as hell and didn't. Oh, uh, I got put them in a drive. Yeah, but um, so because I've gotten the whole series. What downloaded? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, this uh, show. One of the cool things I like about this is it does a lot of adaptations of like fairy tales and uh, urban legends. Uh, you know, like with the tale of the twisted claw, which was like the first episode, is the monkey's paw. Right. Yep. Um, so I really liked some of that stuff, and sometimes the midnight society kids. Uh, I really like having them in there because it kind of. Uh, has a how do you say it like it makes me feel comfortable when i watch these three episodes back to back to back because i was like oh yeah i'm joining these kids again it's not like goosebumps where it's a single story every single time this is a single story every single time but i have you know these kids and i really liked how yeah the reoccurring characters yeah and i liked how they would do things that would be like kind of a mini setup for what the story was going to be yeah like like almost like a wraparound on like anthology yeah like for example, in the episode uh, "The Tale of the Crimson Clown," 
one of the brothers blackmails his other brother with a poem he wrote for a girl. And then the whole episode is about uh, what happens when a naughty younger brother is like punished for messing with his older brother in an evil way. Um, it's one of those other ones that did not have a happy ending, uh, which is one of the things I thought was really cool, especially uh, going into the first episode we are going to talk about. So I am going to hand it over to you, Jay. Oh, well, Kenneth, did you watch Are You Afraid of the Dark as a kid? I watched some. I mean, I didn't get, I wasn't able to catch as much of it as I would have liked to, but I actually did watch uh, quite a few of them. It was one of those that I really look forward to seeing, but I never could catch it at the right time because I, you know, either I didn't, you know, I grew up in the woods, so I didn't have cable a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and then, damn. Uh, other things like, you know, I wouldn't be home when it was on or I would I'd already be asleep or some shit like that. You know, any of those things that, that you know, keep you from catching a running show like like we do now where we fucking put goddamn, um, you know, reminders on our phones and shit for shows now. Oh, for sure. I, I know for me, I didn't watch as much as a kid. Um, like for me as a kid, like one of the horror shows I watched was Eerie Indiana. That I was, was a good show. I too. was really into that one. But uh, I was also, I started X-Files pretty young, so I, I so was kind I. of already into X-Files. But I, I never do got into X-Files. It. X-Files is fucking fantastic. I love I it. I remember when X-Files came out. I remember all of us in school were looking forward to when X-Files oh, was yeah. coming out. That yeah, episode we were... with the fucking flute worm man? Dude, that oh. shit fucking freaked me out when I was a kid, oh, man. Or the, or the fucking Tombs character, the guy who could like... He had looked like he had fucking jaundice and could like squeeze his body into anything. Right. Oh. To me, it was the two the two episodes of X Files that I remember the most from when I was around that age was the Fluke Man and oh. then the one that was kind of set up like the Thing, where they oh, where they yes. had those parasites or whatever. Oh my God, that one and the uh, the one that they literally showed on once on TV and luckily enough I caught it, but then they never really showed it again, which was about like the incest family that they find out on that farm. Mm-hmm. That episode was fucked up, but we're not talking about X Files, damn it. Maybe one day we'll do a, you know, this kind of episode, except for X Files. But for now, we are doing Are You Afraid of the Dark? So uh, Jay, lead us in because uh, your episode that you picked shows up before uh, Kenneth and mine. So we are letting you go first. Okay, so I'm gonna ask our fans to forgive me if I'm terrible at leading a show, but we'll give it a shot here. Uh, so my episode was The Tale of the Pinball Wizard. This is episode 13 from season one, so the season finale. Um, uh, November 14th, 1992, premiere date. Oh, okay, yeah. See, look at you having more information than I do about yeah. my own episode. Also, <laughs> Kenneth, when we get to your episode, because my episode and your episode, the number, the whatever number it said it was in that season that Jay gave us is not the right number. So, well, mine says it was episode number 11 and air date the air date was September 11th, 1993. If you got that off the like fandom website, it's much better. Cause the one that uh, was on the title for that of the videos Jay gave us were not correct. The first one, yeah, was... this is just, this one just came straight up on Google. Okay, cool. Anyway, Jay continue to lead us through this journey. So, um, this episode starts with the Midnight Society. Uh, one of the kids is playing a Game Boy game. Uh, another one of the kids comes up and resets it on him, incorrectly, I might add. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, okay, first of all, there's no game in the back of that Game Boy. Uh, it's not yes, using... <laughs> no, there are shots where there's no game in the back of that Game uh, Boy. I was pretty sure I saw a game. Uh, but... there, it's using generic noises that do not come from a Game Boy. 
Uh, and there is no fucking reset button on a Game Boy. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's like, oh, I was so close. And they start talking about games. And the other person's like, oh, you don't know how to play games. or uh, No, that's not what they say. God damn it, I'm terrible at this. Um, he the says, makes fun uh, of I don't, I don't understand why you guys play those games, is yeah. what she says. Uh, and so that leads into um, the story about a kid who really, really likes pinball. Uh, and so he hangs out at a mall in this little antique store where they have a antique pinball machine out front that he plays. Um, he asks the owner uh, if he can have a job. He's like, they present it as if he's been talking to him a few times about this. And the guy's like, nah, you're not Fuck responsible you enough. What? Fuck you, kid. Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, 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 I'm totally responsible. I can do this job easily. He's like, all you care about is pinball. Uh, and then the guy has to go to lunch. Um, so he's like, I can watch the store for you, and then you can give me a job if I'm good. And the guy's okay, I'll give you a shot. Just don't touch the pinball machine in the back room because it's not finished and you can't play it. Uh, and, of course, he does the complete opposite of that and decides to play the pinball machine anyway. Um, sometime during this guy's lunch, a girl comes in to pick up her music box um, he has no idea if it's done or not, lies to her about working in the store, um, then finally tells her the truth. She says she'll come back later, so he goes right back to his pinball machine, um, and then it's nighttime, and he's trapped in the mall, and that's when the fun starts. All right, so real quickly, uh, I want to talk about uh, the kid's name is Ross Campbell. Uh, the guy who owns the shop is Mr. Olson, and uh, the girl is Sophia. Uh, and I want like when the kid first shows up at the mall, he does like the classic thing of going to like the payphones to see if there's a quarter, and then he goes to the fucking like wishing well and takes a quarter out of there. But a homeless lady like fights him over the fucking quarter. That was hilarious yeah. to me. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, the security guards are like, "Hey, stop!" And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go now." Yeah. Uh, another cool thing. Um that I thought of that happened in this is when Ross is talking to Olsen about the job, Ross brings up another kid where he's like, Oh, I won't get fired like that kid. And you immediately, if you look at Olsen's face, he kind of like weirds out and like kind of continues conversation, which makes you go later on in the episode, you kind of will go back to that line and just go, Oh shit. He fucked that kid. You're not like fuck that kid, but he did something (laughs) (laughs) to that kid. Like he wasn't fucking the kid, but like, he did something to the children yeah. on that pinball machine. <laughs> I didn't really care for it. I didn't think it looked all that great. I was well, talking about him fucking the kid up against the pinball machine. Oh, well, you know, sometimes you got to tilt the pinball machine. Hell yeah, tilted. That's true. Do you know on the digital uh, pinball machines, like the one my dad made, they actually have a thing where you can tilt the table? Yes. Yep, they do. It's pretty cool. It's pretty, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Anyway. Uh, so now Ross is waking up in the mall that is closed and it's dark outside. Where are we going to next, Jay? Well, uh, so he, he goes to the doors. They're locked. Uh, my mom's going to kill me. Um, what is the first thing that happens now? Uh, he hears a phone ring. Um, and That's he goes right. to answer it. And something said, but I could not catch what the fuck it was that was said. I, so I couldn't. Was it not Sophie telling him that he has to come find her? It, it was it was the Ying Yang twins doing their song Whisper. There you go. Um, but because immediately after that, a coin falls into the Fallon, and uh, that's when he into sees, the like, Fallon. 
Uh, yeah, into the Jimmy Fallon. It falls right into his ass. <laughs> Woo! And it turns on. Um, no, but like right after that, we have like the the Men in Black type android thing that shows Here up. Here come the Men in Black. Yes, these weird uh, weird androids that uh, he rips one of their hands off by accident, um, and that's when he finds out that water is uh, how you stop those those people because um, some spills out right, and then he uh, they can't get yeah. by. Uh, so he's like, oh, okay, water. Um, he should just he beat on him. makes his way up the escalator to the second floor. Well, hold on. Uh, Before you, got, you go there, you got to talk about... Uh, so this is when actually Sophie shows up. Uh, uh, okay. And you realize she is the princess and she drops a key for him. She's like, you have to get the TR from the vault. Um, but she dropped the key like in the middle of the fucking androids. So he's got to like splash water at the fucking androids. Uh, and he opens like a locker and gets slimed. He opens another locker and he gets gassed. He opens another locker and he finds a hairband that will be the thing that turns into uh, the tiara. Yeah, which that's causes right. the escalator. And I know to all this. He goes up to number two. And I know all this, and I'm just I'm just terrible at this. Um, <laughs> I will say though, I liked. Uh, I like the little obstacles that he had to go through, you know, where they were they were doing their best to set up video game obstacles. I mean, obviously, you know, when this came out, we were nowhere near the video game obstacles that we have now in games. But I still like it, you know, like especially the lockers. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I really liked that uh, when he was playing the pinball game in the back room. He kind of, they never show the board, which kind of pisses me off. But he tells like what he has to do because in pinball. If you're dumb like me and you play pinball, you just hit the flippers a lot and you don't know what's going <laughs> on. But there's actual things you're supposed to do. Yeah, uh, there's there's a way to proceed in the game. There's not really a way to win, um, but there are different objectives, even in older pinball. Really? I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm with Jerry on this. I, uh, maybe I need somebody so, to, to, to come and fucking be the with, pinball wizard and show me how to well, do this. Well, when I was at my dad's last, I was, you know, playing the pinball, and he was just, like, looking at me like I'm fucking an idiot. Because he's like, you know you're supposed to do this and this. If you listen, the game is telling you what to do. Because it does. Most games will actually Shoot the right you, ramp. Shoot the right ramp to get in. Knock out all the numbers of blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, whatever. Like, I was playing the Game of Thrones one, and you have to, like, um, hit each... Fuck your sister. Yeah, you fuck your sister, <laughs> and then you come... To where you can hit the other uh, on house's her face. flags. No, you have to hit their flags. You're disrespecting the other houses. Oh, okay. And then okay. after you do that, you do other shit. So in this one, like he has your to, dad know, has a way of when he's telling somebody something. Like he, uh, for some reason, your dad always makes me feel like I'm dumb because he's so smart. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, when I'm having when your dad's teaching me something, I'm like, it's informative, and I love the fact that he's teaching it to me, but. Uh, I always feel like I'm just like, man, I am so stupid. <laughs> I feel like that's why I have to do like research when we come to these episodes because I have a complex where like I can't let anyone be smarter than me on the episode. Well, I have you're to definitely know everything. outshining me. Um, but it's because I have a complex because my dad's so smart. And every time I talk to him, I, I literally and I don't mean this in an offensive way. I feel like I'm mentally retarded. I feel like I have a learning disability that and I, I can't like have smart conversations with him because i just feel fucking like uh just ignorant on everything especially uh, if it's something that damn you know like like to us it's like fucking a different language and 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 like if you ask him about fucking computers or something 
Yeah, to me, it's like a fucking completely different language when I get in there. And when he starts talking to me in that different language, I I, I want to sit there and I want to look at him. I'm like, Kevin, man, fucking English, dude. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, but yeah, okay. So um, the hairband turns into a tiara and he actually goes upstairs to the quote unquote second level. And his quarters turn into pin, well, pinballs, well, balls, marbles, whatever. But they yeah, look fuck like that. They called that shit marbles. That shit is pinballs. Who? How are you gonna write an episode called "Tale of the Pinball Wizard" and call them Marvel? Marvel. Yeah, I don't it, know. Uh, right, um, I will it's point Canada. something out. So, uh, true. what I really liked, I liked uh, on the bottom level, uh, the benches actually look like pinball bumpers, which oh. is kind of neat. I did. Yeah, see I that. did like that. I should probably not write a whole uh, fucking biography while I'm, when I'm taking notes and maybe watch the episodes more. <laughs> well, you're, well, you actually remember the plot, so... You so I have everything, like, here. literally, listen to this. Okay, okay, uh, now the escalator works. Hair, uh, Hairband turns into a tiara. While chasing Sophie, he runs into the witch and is told to get the throne. The witch blows him back and steals the tiara. He goes after the music box and finds Sophie chained to a chair. He sets her free with a key. Like, that's literally just, like... Going from the escalator to setting her free. Like, I take fucking, like, full notes breaking down what's happening. And oh, I really man. don't have to. I, I could go online and find the whole fucking breakdown in the entire episode. Yeah, I was just fixing to say, did you plagiarize the fandom site? Because that's no. damn near what it said. No, because I don't go to those sites until after I've watched it. I, I do all my research after I've watched the thing if I've never watched it before. Hmm. Interest. So they use like full sentences and I, I don't really often use, you just full use your shorthand. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk about my hand being short. That's rude. <laughs> so anyway, uh, tell us what happens on the uh, second level. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Some stuff. That witch looked like a, a um, fucking a goddamn. Uh, I would just have to this say when this. He, uh, when does he sit in the chair? And it takes him to the elevator where he gets fucked again. We're, we're, yeah, we're not near that. Oh. Uh, is this when he runs into the witch in the hallway then? Yes. Okay. So he, uh, he runs into the witch in the hallway. She takes his, she takes his crown, uh, blows she him out. She reminds me, I'm sorry, I have to say this. She reminds me of the fucking dollar store deadite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little That's bit. That's exactly what the that. witch reminds me of. When I was seeing it, I was just like, this is like the Kmart deadite. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn. Oh, before they kill us in the comments, S smart deadite. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh so he gets blown out of the door and miraculously he's back down in the lower level again. Um so he has to start all over. Because uh, uh, this witch time stole the tiara. Yeah. Yes, I said that. I think uh, this time a, a knight comes out, right? When he gets to the second floor or uh, whatever well, he is. So first he goes after the music box and that's where he finds Sophie chained to a chair. He then starts jacking off like it's neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> uh, no, um, uh, he sets her free with the key uh, and they get the box. And that's when they are attacked by an executioner with a mace. What's in the fucking box? The throne. Frosted is in the flakes, man. Damn. <laughs> so yeah the executioner with a mace shows up that's right the executioner he takes sophie but leaves his mace um so they play the throne and the tr disappears so they hide the throne in a trash can and the executioner attacks 
Um, and Sophie tells Ross to get the mace. Uh, they get the mace and they escape. And they find the tiara floating. And then the witch finds them. That's when Sophie's like, Marvels? Uh, so they throw the fucking pinballs at the bimbo. That's right. Then she trips and, and explodes into blood and guts. This show is way more violent than our... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, she does slip and fall, and that's how they defeat the witch uh, for this this encounter anyway. Uh, and then he takes the throne no. and puts it... De- no? Damn it. <laughs> the red-robed man grabs Sophie. Uh, and now Ross does have the throne and a tiara, and he gets to go to the third level. Uh, so the Red Road Man is really important because he's kind of the the boss. He's he's our evil villain. Uh, and now he has Sophie. Um, so he goes to the third level now, and that's where he puts the throne down, and the throne grows into a full size. Oh, okay. And the tiara turns into a crown. That's right. And then he sits in the throne, and it takes him through the mall. Um, where he runs over that bitch, the witch. Yeah, he runs over the witch, uh, it ends with him in front of the uh, red robe guy and the executioner. The executioner throws him into uh, the elevator, which sends him back down to level one. Um, and I think this is when he sees the mace and uses that to arm himself with different weapons, right? Yeah, so he breaks open okay. the glass uh, <laughs> where the super soaker was we saw in the beginning of the episode. Uh, so now he's got a fucking super soaker. Yes, so he takes Super Soaker, makes his way back up to the level, um, kills the Executioner with the Super Soaker. The Red Robe guy knocks the Super Soaker out of his hand um, and says, the game's not over till everyone's dead. Then um, the kid pulls out the tiny little Super Soaker, the little squirt gun, and says that uh, when it's a game, I can make any rules I want or something to that effect, uh, and kills the red robe guy, saves Sophie, super happy about it. Um, they celebrate, then everything resets again, and he's like, wait, I won. This shouldn't be like this. Uh, he looks up and sees Mr. Olsen, the store owner, looking down at him through the pinball machine and uh, pulling the plunger back and getting ready to play another game. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, well, we well, we go back to the Midnight Society. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about those yeah. guys. No one wants the Game Boy. Uh, I want it, but no one else does. Yeah, uh, I do want it, too. And the, the, the nerdy guy who looks like me says, uh, just make sure the game doesn't get you. And then he puts out the fire because fire safety. Yeah, well, always fire safety. Only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah. So, uh, well, I that's a breakdown from JJ. We will let you go first on how you overall felt about the episode. Okay. So, uh, sorry for my terrible and walkthrough. why you picked it. Let's start <laughs> sorry for my terrible walkthrough. Um, I, uh, I didn't even think about that being part of leading my own episode. <laughs> Um, I do remember all of that. Once you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Uh, So that's how my brain works. But so I chose this episode for a couple different reasons. Uh, One, I'm a huge fan of pinball and video games in general. And the thought of being trapped in a video game or a pinball machine, for this matter, uh, is pretty terrifying because there's used for entertainment and pleasure so much that if you were trapped in one forever and you couldn't escape and you were forced to basically live the life as a character, 
consciously, that'd be a terrible existence. Um, it's also one that I saw a lot, like during reruns and stuff. So it's one that stuck stuck out in my mind. Uh, like there's probably maybe maybe five to ten episodes I can name plot wise um, that stick out of my head, and this is one of them. Uh, so being a big fan of video games, being a big fan of pinball, and liking the concept of the episode. Um, I also remember that the ending was super bleak, where he's pretty much fucked. Uh, <laughs> um, and I like that for a kid's show, because it's not usually, you know, usually you have your happy endings, and this was not happy at all. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, I just, I really like the concept. I, I felt the special effects were, were fun. The, uh, the episode itself is fun. And the ending not being happy is is great to me. Very nice. Um, yeah, I thought this one was a really fun episode. Um, it doesn't feel quite horror until like the very end of it, but the ending of it's so fucking just dark that you're like, oh man, if that if Mr. Olson really does fuck kids and he fucks the kid on top of the pinball, this kid's gotta watch it, right? <laughs> like that's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Um, and and but overall i really enjoyed the episode i thought it was a lot of fun um and like watching this made me kind of go you know what i really want i can't i can't wait for my next episode because i was watching all three back to back to back with pauses in between them because after i'd watch the episode i'd do my research um and then i'd go on to the next one but i was i was really excited about this one i I really fucking enjoyed it kenneth what about you um it was fun i mean you know uh like i said there was um the the setups for the fucking obstacles and shit that he had to go through was pretty cool it uh, and i i'm with you i really like the fact that it had a dismal ending that you know it wasn't all happy and stuff like that so um but overall it was fun i mean there were things that i didn't like about it but i had to keep telling myself okay this was a fucking kid's show yeah Uh, the main the main character ross i really just i thought he was kind of bland he was a little whiny um i really didn't like him i I was like you're, you're just mad because your mom won't buy you a pair of Jinkos. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it, overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was worth watching. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like I said, I mean, it's it, it's one of those things that uh, that I have to keep telling myself that it's a kid's show. But I did like the fact that, you know, it may have probably wasn't the first but it was one of the earlier instances of seeing how you combine fucking, you know, kids be loving video games and it and it becoming part of real life and stuff like well their real life and stuff like that. So the immersion into video games and stuff like that, I thought was really cool because because like, it's like an earlier portrayal of that, but not like an extreme tipper gore fucking stupid portrayal of that. So I I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Oh, for sure. So, uh, some fun facts about this episode. Uh, this was the most difficult episode out of the series to produce and took the longest to film. DJ McHale, who you'll remember is one of the creators, actually pleaded with the crew to break union rules and work an extra day. Uh, and the crew unanimously agreed to work a day of overtime to help finish the episode. Uh, this was the first episode to not show a scene uh, with the Midnight Society discussing the story partway through the telling, which I have to say fantastic idea do not break up the story with that because we already have to have it broken up with commercials we don't need to see the kids again uh whatsoever um, yeah see i didn't like that in my episode yeah exactly um aj henderson who betrayed mr olsen uh had just appeared two episodes before in the tale of the dark music uh and portrayed the short part of the carnival barker 
uh, Tom Rack, who also co-wrote this episode and appeared as the security guard, uh, and the sheriff also appeared later in the series as the Watcher in the tale The Watcher of the Woods. Uh, the members of the Midnight Society take turns playing the original Game Boy game. The cartridge that slips in and out of the Game Boy looks like a Tetris, but the sound effects sound like Donkey Kong 1981, which was never an original Game Boy. Uh, and I, I looked this up and did a little research in this. Uh, it, it, does, it does kind of sound like Donkey Kong, but it sounds like the Atari 2600 version, not like the NES version. So I kind of looked in that too a little bit because I was like, that doesn't sound like Donkey Kong Arcade. It doesn't sound like Donkey Kong NES. And I went and looked and it, it does sound like the Atari version. Um, I just assumed it was fucking generic video game noises. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Gary, who told the story, was portrayed by Ross Hole. Coincidentally, his character, Gary, told a story about a character named Ross. <laughs> uh, the episode marked the last time Eric appeared. The reason for this departure was never explained. He is actually he got cancer. The, he he did not get cancer. He got fucked by Doctor. No, the character got Mr. cancer Olsen. and died, and then the friends never talked to him about it. I think he got fucked by Mister Olson. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and this is also uh, the second time a character from the Midnight Society breaks the fourth wall uh, with Gary at the end of it, saying, "Till next time." So, pretty dope little interest. I really thought I'd be able to find more about some of this stuff, but I really couldn't. And most of the actors really haven't done all that much besides just being, like, generic character actors. So, whatever. We move on to mine. The Tale of the Midnight Madness, Season 2, Episode 2. Air date, June 26, 1993. Now, I want to start off by saying this. I didn't remember too much from Afraid of the Dark and cannot remember a single episode off the top of my head. So uh, I was like, let me ask a couple people. And I asked like Heather. Heather gave me a bunch of good episodes, but I didn't end up using them. I ended up using um, an episode that was told to me by my buddy Jerry. She was like, oh, there's an episode that's fucking Nosferatu in a movie theater. And I was like, fucking sold. That's the one I'm doing. Um, so I chose that one without watching the episode. I just took her word for it that it was fantastic. And Jerry, you were 100% correct. So we are going to start. The kids show up and they've got tickets to Fright Night, baby. Triple feature. Horror, gore, blood. It's going down. Uh, but then they're told that if you sit into a theater for so long, you forget the world outside. And you only know the horror that's on the screen. Um... And with that, we get a tale about a movie theater. And uh, this movie theater is called the Rialto. And it's not making much money. Uh, no. Pete, a young black kid, is trying to save the place, but it just seems that no one cares. So him and... Uh, fuck, what's her name? Katie, I believe. Uh, him and Katie are there early one day to um, set everything up. They're an hour early in the door starts to shake someone's trying to get in but they aren't open for another hour and when pete decides to finally open the door the door opens by itself and dr vink shows up katie wants to call the cops the manager wants to kick him out but dr vink he wants to save the theater and it won't cost you a dime and no he's not a nutbag but 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 vink <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh dr vink yes dr vink come tell me all your stories that you made back in the silent era yes 
That's how I picture a big fan of his talking. That was kind of that was kind of sexy, Jerry. I'm hard. Yeah. Yeah. What if I just? Uh, what how long I can do that? Hold on. All right. Okay. Uh, where was I at? Uh, he used to make movies back before sound and color. He swipes his cape and a film canister appears. The movie is about a vampire who wins. Oh, how naughty. Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> All the guy wants in return for making them successful is one night a week to show his films, which I think is pretty fair. I think you should let him do it. But, no. Uh, well, uh, they are showing an adult. Oh, uh, the, the manager, they show the manager, like, looking over the receipts and shit, and he, like, straight up pulls out a flask and starts drinking it, and I'm like, yo, this is a children's TV show. That's fucking great. Uh, also, there's a poster in the back for This Island Earth, which is fucking dope. Um, and then he finds out that uh, it's gonna the theater's going to close in two weeks. So he tells the kids, yo, it's going to close in two weeks. Uh, so while they're showing uh, another movie, there's a couple, a handful, and there's this old lady that keeps coming. who She's kind of a bitch, but uh, maybe that'll change. So the film breaks in the projector. So they decide, fuck it, we're going to show the vampire flick, which is called Nosferatu, the demon vampire. Or in German, Ooh, Nosferatu, the demon vampire, yes. <laughs> I like it so much. Uh, I wonder how many people are going to get really annoyed at me doing that voice. I love Everybody. it. I think it's great. Uh, uh, I, I was trying to stifle my laughter when you were when you were doing your little bit just a minute ago. Uh, it's fucking awesome. So the people loved it, yas, and no one wanted a refund because they were like, if you don't like the movie, you can just get a refund. And they were like, oh, but we really liked it, even though it was a black and white silent film, which Jay has probably never watched a silent film because Jay doesn't watch anything before the 80s. Oh, yeah. That's not true, Oh, damn it's it. so true. I heard you wouldn't Jay, watch a movie unless Keanu Reeves was there. I just haven't watched there. a lot of them. <laughs> was this actual footage from Nosferatu? No, no, it was not. But the guy who played the vampire... He is actually a vampire in another movie. He's in those fantastic Twilight movies. Oh, yes. What? He plays what? a vampire in the Twilight movies. The movies with which this, character? With this, the guy who played the fucking vampire no, in the Nosferatu. I don't know because I just jack off when I watch the movies. I don't actually pay attention to what's going on. Someone takes off their shirt. I'm like, ooh la la. I did think... I did think I like the idea that they fucking used a name from a, from a classic silent film. Well, it's, you know, um, what's the, it's, uh, what is that word that I can't remember right now? Fear. Um, where anybody public domain Nosferatu's public domain. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Nosfer. Uh, well, yeah, I think Nosferatu's public domain at this point. Um, but yeah, no, but no, it wasn't footage from the original movie. I wasn't sure because the um the 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 dialogue cards were words from the movie. I know that. Fair. Uh, so, yeah, the people loved it. And, uh, you know, there's some uh, hugging between Petey and Kate. I'm kind of digging it. Um, and then she we get a random totally shot. totally wants the BBC. Probably. I want it with a little, little side of popcorn. Uh, so the canister, op- we get a shot of the canister opening a bit, and it glows red. Uh, we get a break as we go back to the campfire, a uh, which no one cares about. So we go back. It is a Saturday night horror show that has become successful, and they didn't shut down. And we get to see in the hair how the vampire actually gets Hawker and wins, which is great. Uh, and then we go to Pete trying to convince Katie to go on a date. He's like, yo, I really like you, and we should totally go on a date. And she's like... You listen to that new 50 Cent album? That's not actually what happened. Uh, 
she but she just... did express that she wants the BBC. Oh yeah. Uh, so well, she does later on. So uh, at this point, Doctor Vink shows up, and the manager wants to make a deal with him. But Doctor Vink's like, "We already made a deal. One night a week. That's all I wanted." And the manager is trying to get out of. It. He's like, "Oh, we can't give you one night a week. How much money do you want? I'll cut you a check." Uh, and this is bad news as Doctor Vink laughs like a madman. Um, so Peter ends up going to study the film to try to figure out why it's popular, and it seems that vampires trying to step out of the movie uh, as he's starting to fall asleep. Little little uh, Nightmare on Elm Street action right there. So uh, he then kind of wakes up and he goes and talks to Katie. He's like, I know you think I'm a geek. And she's like, oh, you're not a geek. You're a nerd. And I like it. Uh, this is where Kenneth is talking about where we find out uh, she wants the BBC. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, she is not which interested Which is weird because that is, that is so un-American. Fuck England and their fucking... BBC and Doctor Who shit. This is America. You watch fucking PBS. Mm. <laughs> that is what they were talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, totally. okay. sure. Exactly. Sure. She was expressing that she didn't want the TWC. Oh, okay. Um, wait, what is TWC? <laughs> the tiny oh, you top. motherfucker. <laughs> You're talking about me. You keep it up. I'm going back to the, to the German accent. <laughs> it, it gives me an erection you go right ahead so they like kind of like each other and are about to kiss when the manager screams what a fucking clock cock block right almost said clock oh my god what time is it i must be drunk already oh yes uh but uh three hour excursion uh yes uh so uh they go to check on him and he's totally been bit on the fucking neck like oh um uh, and I really like the bruising around the neck. I kind of looked like that when Franz does that to me when we're in the middle of singing songs by right said Fred. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, as they leave the room, I really like the hand of the shadow of the vampire on the wall. That was really fucking dope. Um, so they try to get out and the door was locked and they couldn't get out. And then it opens to the vampire. Uh so he sends Katie to go get the last reel of the film on the screen because he's got a plan. But the vampire hears her fucking around up there and he leaves her or leaves Pete to go fuck with Katie. So the vampire enters the projection room and uh, she ends up starting the film, which causes him to run. Pete gets on stage and enters the film all video drum style uh, connection to our previous episode. Also, this is a double uh, Canadian connection. Uh, this is getting fucking serious. So he ends up killing the uh, vampire by uh, getting the vampire to come into the screen and then removing the curtain so the sun shines on him. Uh, and uh, then he goes back into the world. world uh, and there's more hugging. The manager is woken up. And Vink is there. And he congratulates him and agrees. Uh, the manager agrees to give him a one night a week. But uh, Vink, he doesn't need it now as he has bought the theater and he can show his films all fucking week. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we go back to the Midnight Society as the younger kids kind of chicken out uh, Fright Night and uh, give the tickets to the other one. And then, the, so the older two kids end up going to Fright Night. So uh, they totally fucking scammed these kids out of their tickets completely. Yeah, they did. Which I think is pretty funny. That's great of them. I would do it. Um, so, yeah. That is my episode that I chose. And like I said earlier, I actually didn't really have any remembrance. And I got this from my buddy Jerry. She gave me um, two episodes to pick from. 
And this was one of them, and it kind of sold me. I was like, yeah, without a doubt. I really like this episode because a lot of you know I really like classic monster movies. Um, and I thought this was kind of like um, classic monster movie meets uh, an uh, 80s classic with popcorn. Or is that 90? Is popcorn 1990? I don't know. I can't remember. I, th- I think it's 1990. Um, but it has like kind of kind of a similar thing to popcorn, which is pretty fucking cool. Uh, 1991 is popcorn. So, uh, I, and I really dug it. Um, Kenneth, what, how did you feel about this episode? Um, I enjoyed it. I actually like this one a little better than the pinball one because uh, I, I'm kind of the same as you. It hits home, you know, because you got movies, classic fucking uh, monster movie, a lot of references to one of the most classic of the uh, of the uh, horror genre, which is Nosferatu, which is like one of the one of, if not the first of the horror film genre. Um, I don't know if there's any before that. I can't remember. But I think Nosferatu was one of the was not was one of if not the first so, horror film. Uh, there was because uh, Thomas Edison actually did a Frankenstein movie, um, nineteen. Oh fuck! Fuck right. Thomas Edison. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. Fuck Thomas Edison and all that shit. He tried to he fucking electrified elephants. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it was not. There were horror movies before Nosferatu. Nosferatu is probably the first big one, though. Right. So I would have to say that, damn, you know, all those things included, you know, I mean, with us being movie buffs that we are, it it would, it would, and horror movie buffs at that, it would, it would probably hit home to all of us, except for maybe Jay. You know, Jay doesn't watch movies before the 80s. Yeah, ask the German dude. The German dude said you don't watch movies that are before the 80s because they don't involve Keanu Reeves. That's what he said. Listen. Will you no, leave you my listen. husband's name out your mouth, first of all? He was a bad actor sometimes, though. It doesn't matter, because he kills people good. Yeah, he didn't kill people good in Bram Stoker's Dracula, though. That was a terrible movie overall. That movie is really good, and you don't know what you're talking about. You just don't understand the erotic erection that you can have while watching such things. Uh, I understand all the erections. Uh, obviously you don't. There's a werewolf fucking in a graveyard in that movie, and it's fucking wonderful. Great, great scene. It's so good. Sometimes I just put that on loop while I listen to industrial music like Combi Christ. I love Combi Christ. I've seen them live several times and have a picture with me and the lead singer. I've seen them yeah. twice. <laughs> I have never seen them because I'm pretty sure if I had seen them, there would be someone getting arrested for sexual assault, and I just can't have that. That's fair. That yeah. Works. Anyway, um, Jay, what did you think of this episode? I loved it. I love the setting. Um, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely that kid. I love movies so much. Um, and despite what you think, I like all movies from all the years. I just don't have attachments to them. That's all. God. Oh, but if someone talks shit about awesome. the Matrix, you get all angry. Yeah, because that's an amazing movie, and people don't understand it. Ghost I do show. understand it. I just liked it better when it was Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> I knew that was coming. He says it every single time. But oh. There's no fucking android cops in The Matrix. Old rely- There could be, <laughs> technically. No, there's these weird but, ghost werewolf things. Um, I wasn't sure if there was if the footage from Nosferatu was real. That's why I asked. But if it was real, that would have been cool. Uh, but recreating it uh, was was pretty cool of them. 
Um, I like that the vampire was still uh, black and white when he came out of the uh, the movie. Um, well, I guess his face is white and his robe is black anyway, so it wouldn't really matter, would it? No, but it's still dope. Um, but yeah, just the, the whole setting. And it ended up being the perfect episode for our show, too, that uh, the episode you chose was about a horror movie special screening in a movie theater um, by people who just love film. <laughs> for sure. Um, so I've also got some cool information on this. Dr. Fink's movie was based on the 1922 silent movie Nosferatu. Um, but obviously was not the actual film. In the real movie, the vampire was named Count Orlock. And in the movie, the vampire did not win. Um, we've got some characters that show up in other movies. Uh, Chris Hairdraw. You know what? Actors, change your fucking names to easier pronounce shit. Okay? I need you to do that. Yeah, uh, he like would... Army Hammer. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> God damn it. Would soon reappear <laughs> in two episodes later, The Tale of the Thirteenth Floor. Uh, Harry Stanjofsky, who betrayed Mr. Kristoff, which was the manager, would later appear uh, in a few years afterwards uh, in The Tale of the Wisdom Glass. Uh, this is Dr. Vink's second appearance. His next appearance would be in The Tale of the Dangerous Soup. The uh, Tale of the Dangerous Soup? Yes. And uh, this is also the second time the character referred to as Dr. Vink uh, has referred to him, has said that he is not a nutbag. Or the second time he's referred to him in a nutbag in the same sentence. Um, apparently the first one not. Uh, in case you did not know, Nosferatu is an anagram of Fear Us Not. Which is a lie. You should definitely fear vampires. Um, I do not know that. And then, of course, uh, Christopher Heyerdahl, who played Nosferatu, would later go on to play a vampire in the Twilight movies. So, overall, uh, I fucking loved this episode. And uh, I, I, I re really can't speak higher of it. It was awesome. And it also... Uh, gave uh me hope that uh we could really make a uh can we make a, a movie about Candyman as a kid look i want to see what happened to Candyman before he grew up and turned into Candyman. How, wouldn't what would i don't know call clive barker that's his job i just, I just give don't ideas. understand what don't what do you mean don't understand how would that be entertaining I, don't you want to know how Candyman got to become Candyman? He tells us, midnight like, set him on fire or some shit like that. Candyman didn't get set on fire. I don't remember. You know how long it's been since I watched Candyman. I love Candyman. All right, well, let's move it on now. We are shooting it over to Kenneth. Go ahead. My episode is The Tale of the Magician's Assistant. It first aired on September 11th, 1993. It is episode 11 in season two, as I have previously stated earlier in this episode. Um, basically the gist of it is Midnight Society tells a story of a kid whose dad dies and he's looking for a job to help his mom. He goes, he gets a job as a magician's assistant. He does some stupid shit. Then he, re then he gets better at his stupid shit. Learns a life lesson. Episode over. The end. Wait, I could have just done that? No, <laughs> absolutely fucking not. What was that fucking cop out? I mean, there you go. That's the end oh of it. Oh, God. Do you, do you do you not do I have to do this? <laughs> no, actually, um, other than remembering the names, uh, Todd Marco is the kid's name. 
Okay, cool. Um, yeah, actually, at the beginning of it, you got a uh, one of the kids from the Midnight Society, and I can't remember their names. And I don't know their names. Yeah, they're it's a standing thing for me not to remember names when we're doing this fucking podcast. I don't remember names ever. So. Okay. It's my turn. <laughs> anyway, so one kid comes up. He's sitting around the sitting around the campfire area, and he's talking about how bad he hates one of his teachers. If I'm not mistaken, the teacher's name was Drago. Wasn't that right, Jerry? Uh, yeah, I actually think it was something like that. I, I, I didn't write. I don't really write down much from the society because no one really right. gives a shit what they say. Yeah, but he was talking about that. And then the other guy, the guy with the glasses uh, says, I think it's the guy with the glasses. He says that the guy, the teacher is actually a magician and he always buys tricks and stuff from uh, his dad's magic store. And then we go into a story about uh kid who's trying to get a job as a magician's assistant and it opens up telling the story like i said where it's talking about how uh todd is his father died and his mom is struggling really hard because she works at an, at an advertising agency and she's trying she's struggling really hard to make ends meet stuff like that which i thought was kind of weird because normally people that work at advertising agencies make pretty good money um and uh she so could he, be a massive debt from the father dying true true yeah he he you know, he could have been a deadbeat and didn't get a life insurance policy. Um, but uh, and so he decides he's going to try to try out for uh, to be a magician's assistant. So he goes uh, to where the ad in the paper or whatever. And when he gets there, he sees it's your typical, you know, like any of the carnival type shit. You see a basically a cart um, and sitting there and it's got magician stuff on the side of it and whatever he goes around to the back he goes up inside he opens the door like most of the time they do when nobody comes to the fucking door let's just walk into a stranger's place and 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 start looking around at shit and uh he strolls in and when he gets in there uh he's looking around and whatever he can't find the guy he's like fuck this pretty much and he's gonna go to leave and when he turns around the magician is standing in front of the door wondering if he's leaving so soon and they get to talking, and the guy, the kid, Todd, tries to convince the uh, the great, I think it was the great, Shandu. It's Shandu the Magnificent. Shandu the Magnificent. There we go. Tries to convince him how awesome he's going to be, just like in the previous episode that we talked about, about how good he would be, how hard of a worker or whatever. And oh, yeah, I like when he's like, do you have any experience? And he's like, yeah, I worked for Phil the Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> and he just replies with, so you have no experience. Yeah. And he, he, the kid turns around and he, and he, he sees this thing that is fucking weird looking to me. It looks like a two or three trees braided together, um, sitting there and he's like, Oh, what's this? And he goes to grab it. And the magician's like, no, don't touch that. It's a magician's wand. And he starts with the rules of magic. And one of the rules is, is not to touch another magician's wand unless he hands it to him. Yeah, and he starts explaining it. He goes, he's like, and I really like this because we were talking about uh, in Pinball Wizard, someone looking like a deadite. He says, deadite sorcerers use wand like this for a thousand years. Right. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And so, you know, and he hands it to him to show exactly what it means, which I thought was a little odd, but okay. And uh, so he hands it to him. And that's actually a rule amongst magicians is you don't touch another magician's wand unless they show it to you or hand it to you or whatever. Actually, I have that same rule about penises. I've never asked to touch your... T- I mean, I'm You just, have, I'm, but you, you've had permission forever. But, like, if I don't know you, we don't touch each other's dicks unless I, you know, hand you my penis. 
Okay, both of y'all have the have from here on out. Both of y'all have my permission to touch my dick. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, so it goes into that, and then he's like, "Okay, I'll give you a shot." And then we go through this montage of him, you know, uh, uh, basically showing him shit, and the kid keeps fucking up, and blah blah blah. And then we come to another rule, which is, and I may be leaving out a rule, I can't remember. But we uh, we come to another rule about never get yourself caught, never your own reflection in the mirror. Is that how it goes? Uh, yeah, never get caught in your own reflection. Never get caught in your own reflection, which is basically an old magician's thing, you know, because a lot of times tricks for magicians use mirrors. And so, damn, you don't want to fucking show your reflection in the mirror because it fucks the trick up. Um, and that's actually another legit rule. Well, only let them magicians. see what you want them to see is the other rule. Right, right, right. And, uh, and so, yeah, he finally, they, he finally gets him good and trained up and blah, blah, blah. And they go to do their first show. And if I'm not mistaken, did he give him the bow tie before or after? He gave it to him, uh, before. So, uh, Todd basically, uh, after doing this whole training montage, he goes, you know, uh, it's okay to lighten up sometimes. You're always in a nasty mood. And, uh, the magician, explains there we go. That he, he is a has been. Uh, and that his movies aren't even on video. You can't even fucking rent them at your local blockbuster. Um, so he gave him the tie that he wore for his very first performance, uh, which is kind of creepy. But, you know, Todd's a kind of weird anyway because he was like earlier when he was eating, he just like pulled a fork out of his flannel vest pocket because he didn't want to use chopsticks. And I mean, I agree, fuck chopsticks, but who keeps a fork just in their flannel pocket? Why not? I I don't know. It's weird, but yeah. Uh, so it's, it's before Canada. before the it is Canada. It's, they're fucking weird up there. But yeah, uh, he gave but the bow tie to him right upon, before. They don't frown on prostitution. It's still illegal, but they don't frown on it. Yeah, and they do have uh, poutine, and I do love poutine. Yeah, that is pretty good shit. Oh my god, it's so good. Anyway, continue, Ken. Damn. Now well, I'm hungry. I totally lost my train of thought on poutine and fucking sluts. Uh, yeah, so you were at the part right before they do their first performance together. Right, and they do their first performance, and it's fucking great. They do a great job, and he, the kid basically wants some self-recognition afterwards, and, and the magician kind of inadvertently gives it to him or whatever. And then if I'm not mistaken, he ends up going home to tell his mom about it, and she's busy or whatever. And uh, he ends up going back to see him. And at this point, I think when he gets in there, he go he goes into the 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 cart or trailer or whatever. He goes in there, and everything's all fucked up. The the animals and shit are, are everywhere. Uh, it it basically looks like somebody had just raided that place looking for something or whatever. It, it looks like fucking Doctor Jones's house in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when they're looking for the diary. And. He's just like, oh, my God, you know, uh, uh, he tries to fix it or whatever. And for some reason, he gets the idea to grab the wand and Shandu can do. And everything goes back to normal, you know, and it, and it kind of reminded me of um, um, damn. Uh, what's that Disney movie where fucking Mickey Fantasia? Mouse? Yeah, Fantasia. It kind of reminded me of that for a second, even though Mickey didn't really fix anything. He just fucked shit up. Um. But yeah, and so that's the first time that he uses the wand without permission. And so he does that, and then 
Where'd they go after that, Jerry? Uh, Shandu shows back up, and of course, you know, Todd lies about anything happening. Right, right, um, right. And he once again goes to tell his mom the story, but she's too hard, and she's like, wake me up in an hour. And he sees his fake fucking plant from S-Smart. And, uh, <laughs> he takes it to Shan's, Shan Dude. Yeah, but see, you're leaving out the key thing. She has to get woke up in an hour because she has a new a new project that she has to do for her job, and she has to have it done quickly, and it's going to take... She's got to, like, work nights and shit like that to get it done. And he wants yeah. to help out his mom, so he fucking goes back over there he take he, that's where he takes the plant the tree the smart tree and he goes back to shandu's thing and he fucking basically steals the wand hits him with and, that indiana jones switch off right yeah and puts the and puts the his mom's tree in its place and he goes back to the apartment and he shandu can do her work and makes all the advertising stuff just appear and yeah, can you imagine being a child with reality warping abilities and the first thing you think of is to help your mom out? That's some selfless selflessness right there. That's so sweet. Only in Canada. <laughs> but yeah, so after this, this is when isn't that where the fairy pops up? Yes, the ghost shows shows up. Yeah. And she sits there and she says, oh, you know, this the wand will do whatever you want it to do and blah, blah, blah. Use it as much as you want. You know, and she was kind of hot. So I probably would have kept using the wand. Yeah. But then you find out. Yeah. Sorry. The awful truth. I, I went into a really deep, dark spot in the gutter real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he was imagining that blowjob scene from the original Ghostbusters. Fuck yeah! Do you know? Like, do you, you better know what swallow, Nazrak. You know what I told my son when we were watching Ghostbusters and that scene happened? I no. told him that the ghost was changing his diaper. <laughs> I would have said the ghost is giving him a raspberry. No, because damn. Okay, the only thing you really see is the ghost undoing his pants and start pulling his pants down, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, and so he was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, "Fuck," you know, because I completely forgot about that. And he's like, "Daddy, the ghost is undoing his pants," and I'm like, "It's changing his diaper, son." <laughs> I swear to God, dude. But That's it worked. Hilarious. It worked. And then the crazy thing is, this was like fucking three or four weeks ago, and damn, he says something to me about it in the car today. He's, wow. just like, he's talking about Ghostbusters and he's talking about Slimer and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's just like, and when that one ghost was changing his diaper, and I was like, oh my God, man. He's going to later on, like in five, in like fucking five, uh, six, seven years, or whatever, he's going to be watching the movie again and be like, that motherfucker lied to me. That ghost <laughs> is sucking dick. Hold on a second. Dad, dad, come here. Dad, come here. You said he was changing his diaper. That is clearly a blowjob, Dad. Come on, no, but think about this. I mean, you got to think about what 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 else could I? I, I think I did pretty good coming. Oh up no, you did. That, that was quick thinking. because yeah, I was like, oh fuck, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. That was quick thinking. That was some Clint Eastwood fucking uh, man with no name <laughs> shit right there. Yeah, I mean that. Was, yeah. So, but the cool thing about that is, is now I don't have to tell him to cover his eyes every time we watch Ghostbusters because that's what he'll think. Yeah, next time you're just watching porn. Oh, yeah, just changing the diaper. I, I when you're watching Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, yeah, she's rewarding him for getting his uh, her dog Dude, when we by watched changing that, his I was diaper. On I was on top of that, one, man. When me and Jade watched Ace Ventura, I was like fucking five minutes before that scene happened, you know, while he's still in the car riding down the road trying not to get fucked up by that dude while he's got the dog. I was like, Jade, turn your head. 
<laughs> or, to be on, you know what? To be honest, though, when I watched that movie as a kid, it never occurred to me that that was something sexual. Ever. Really? Yeah, like, I remember watching that movie as a kid, like, when it came out, and, like, uh, that scene, like, I knew there was sexual stuff in the movie because, you know, of the scene later, uh, but that scene, it never occurred to me that that was sexual whatsoever. Dude, if you go back and you watch that movie now, man, there's some seriously fucked up shit in Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but anyhow, getting back to it, uh, where the fuck was I? Oh, yeah, the ferry. That's where I was at. And then, God, where does it go right after that? I can't remember now. Um, so uh, <laughs> he takes the wand back and is caught by Shandu. Uh, right. Shandu explains that Nazrak is a demon who was imprisoned for being a powerful magician. If Nazrak is released, it will return us to the Dark Ages. So he kicks Todd out, but Todd comes back to give him his bow tie, only to find the truck on fire and Shandu is trapped. Todd uses the wand again, and it looks like he released Nazrak. And Shandu has taken his place in the Vortex. Do you see why, everybody out there listening, do you see why Jerry is our fearless leader? Because he's so smart. Yeah, he's so much better at this than me and Jay. You know, me and Jay are good at running our mouths on the back of Jerry. I love running my mouth on the back of Jerry. So if we do this again, I'm going to have to do, like, all of the episodes. Well, I just, now I know what I'm supposed to do and write down the entire plot so I don't forget. (laughs) No, right, enough. there we go. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I fucking gave a pretty good synopsis. I, the, I the, should, half of your synopsis was, uh, he does a bunch of shit. Hey, man, it worked. <laughs> it got. I went from the beginning to the end, closing point, ball game, done. All right, so I'm going to lead you back off and put you... Uh, you he ends up... Back off, sweetheart. Uh, Todd goes back to his apartment to be confronted by his mom. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, she actually isn't there. Isn't that the part where she's not there? Like, it's it's Nazrak, like, imitating his mom or something like that? Correct. Yes. She is yeah. out doing that classic 90s thing where her brown paper bag breaks and her fruit falls out. Right. And so he's sitting there trying to figure it out. And then he uh, Nazrak is threatening to mess up his mom and stuff like that because he's not going to use the wand or won't give him the wand. And Nazrak is wanting him to hand it to him because if he hands him the wand, then he basically gives it over to him. And so once once Nazrak starts threatening his mom, he's like, OK, I'll give it to you. And so he gives it to him. And while Nazrak is doing that natural, you know, I'm going to fuck shit up and explains his whole plan and blah, 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 like everybody does in these movies. The kid comes up with a plan and he fucking stands in front of a mirror. Well, he, get, he, get, he gets kind of his plan because uh, Shandu shows up in a toaster. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. About uh, and tells him to use toaster. the rules of magic, which gives him the idea. Right. And so, yeah, he ends up, and then uh, Nazarak basically says, oh, I told you your mom is going to be safe, but I didn't say anything about you. And he goes to, you know, shoot the dark side out of the end of that wand. And when he does, damn, the kid's standing in front of a mirror and he moves out of the way and he uses <laughs> he uses Nazarak's reflection against him. Is that your pickup line for women? Hey, uh, you want to come back to my place and I'll shoot the dark side out of my wand? <laughs> I don't know. I'll uh, we'll find that out. I'll give that a try and see how good it works, and I'll let y'all know. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, never get caught in your own reflection. Hmm. Yep. 
and then which basically causes damn Nazarak to go back to the vortex and damn Shandu comes back out and Shandu says, you know, you're worthy, blah, blah, blah. And he leaves the wand with the kid and then disappears into fucking some magical oblivion. And we hear a couple of minutes later from the Midnight Society that uh, Todd never sees him again. Correct. His mom comes in and she's like, you're never going to believe the night I've had. And he <laughs> smiles. Classic. So classic. So all that being said, basically what it comes down to is, you know, kid, dead father, finds a job to help his mom, fucking goddamn, gets the job, learns some life lessons, does some shit. Yeah. And- now, <laughs> if people have listened to this podcast enough, they should be able to put why Kenneth picked this episode. Uh, but for the people who may be joining us for the first time, Kenneth, tell us why you picked this episode. Uh, because my dad was a magician. And I grew up uh, learning things about magic Uh, my whole life. As a matter of fact, I can remember when I was a kid, my dad would do tricks for me, um, you know, making cards disappear and making things like levitate and shit like that. And as I got older, uh, my dad was constantly I would be at his at his at his house and he'd be doing different new tricks and stuff like that and practicing them and asking me how well they looked because he would sit down in front of the mirror and he would practice them over and over again and stuff like that. I mean, my dad was really into it. Um, he was into uh, antique stuff for magicians and stuff like that. And then uh, on top of that, my dad was a pagan. So um, the uh, magic with a C and magic was a K with a K was always part of my life growing up. And so uh, it, that was one of the it, it, it appeals to me because I grew up so much around this type of thing and around this world where we went to, you know, we went to, uh, went and saw magic shows and we went to, uh, magic shops and things like that. As a matter of fact, that was one of the main places we used to go to when we went to California was there was a uh, magic shop that my dad used to uh, love to go, go to called Brad Burt's. And, uh, it's where not only could you get like the, the, the novelty tricks and stuff like that, but you also could get the, you know, the real deal, big time shit that you saw on TV. And so, it was always part of my life, and that's the reason why I chose this. Yep, that's uh, awesome. And I'm assuming you absolutely liked love this episode. I thought it was great. I mean, the the a lot of the things that were in it was, you know, like I said, the rules. Those are actually magic rules, you know. Um, that that kind of thing. I like the fact that they they went a little bit into how some of the tricks were done. But they didn't go, they didn't drastically do it because, you know, that's another one of the rules amongst magicians is, you know, you never you never tell tell how the trick is done. And so now you can get now with the information age that we got, you can get on fucking YouTube yeah. and learn how to it do is, shit. It's kind of like Fight Club. You know, you show up to Fight Club and it's like first rule of Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. But then the next time you show up, there's more people. And the same way with magicians, like you're not supposed to tell how the trick is done. But obviously it's told because more people learn it. Yeah, I mean, once you get into the world of it, you know, like I said, with the information age, you know, it's it's different now. But then, when I was a kid, and when my dad was a kid, once you get into the world, it's it it, it literally is like a fucking Alice's rabbit hole, man. I mean, once you get, once you go further and further and further into it, you can learn so many different things. And I mean, like I've got some of my dad's old books, and they are leather bound with locks on them from like the you know, the late 19th century, early 20th century. So, you know, and I've still got those because those were some of my dad's prized possessions. 
And uh, that's the that's the way it was. You know, you just had to it was it, it wasn't about what you knew. It was about who you knew for you to be able to learn how to do these things. Exactly. So, Jay, how did you feel about this episode? I really liked it. Um, I didn't have a magician father. Um, I had an absentee <laughs> father, so I taught myself magic because I missed him so much. Um, no, I. <laughs> Damn, that didn't. Uh, that didn't go that over was fucking as well as I thought. great. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I I grew up just enjoying magic in general. I used to watch uh, magic specials all the time. Um, oh my god, that was such a huge thing in the nineties. Oh, it the really magic was. Specials. Um, yeah, I dude. I taught myself a, a few card tricks. I bought a couple of uh, prop tricks uh, that I could carry with me. Um, so I just enjoy magic. I just enjoy magic probably um, close to as much as Kenneth does. Um, and then Kenneth, if you haven't seen it, uh, Fool Me on uh, on TV, Penn and Teller's Fool Me is fantastic. I fucking um, love Penn and Teller, man. Those guys are fucking nuts. Have you seen nuts. that show? Yeah, those guys okay. are fucking nuts, man. They are. Um, but anyway, so I, I enjoyed that aspect. Uh, I recognized the same things that that Kenneth recognized as the like the rules being real and uh, those tricks that he was teaching them are real tricks with real gimmicks that uh, he would have to learn. Um, and I liked the story too. I thought it was I thought it was a, a good concept. I thought it was executed really well. Um, you know, they only get twenty minutes to uh, to introduce the the episode, the kids, the story. Uh, get to the conflict and then end it. And so with that limited amount of time, I thought they did really well. And I, th- it was one of those episodes that could also really be stretched into a full-length movie too um, with the concept it has. Uh, a little bit more character development, uh, more interaction with the uh, the demon and learning magic and stuff. And you could easily stretch this to a 90-minute a movie. Definitely, I, I agree, man. I, I enjoyed what we got out of it. It reminded me a little bit of... Um, of uh i don't know what it reminded me of it reminded me of that clive barker um book series that's about magic that's more a little bit more like young teen focused i don't know that one kenneth does yeah i know what you're talking about i can't remember the name of it i can't either but it kind of it kind of reminded me of that is that a magica yes a magica that's it yeah um yeah, I'm with you. I thought this was a really fun one. I really liked the whole um, Shandu Kandu. I, I liked uh, using the rules of magic. Um, I thought it was great that Shandu had a backstory of, of being like a really popular ma- uh, magician who's now a has-been. Um, that, that was really fucking dope. He um, just needs, man, he just needs to go get him a show in Vegas. For real. I mean, Especially just straight with up. with that wand. I think he fell he fell out of um prominence because his wand was you know carrying that demon. It may have, man. I mean, that's a good theory. I mean, cuz like I said, most of the magicians now that's what they do, you know. They get real famous and then they do their shows in Vegas. Yeah. So, like uh, David Copperfield's of... even still doing fucking shows in Vegas, man. What happened to Chris Angel? I know he's kind of like the <laughs> Carlos Mencia. Didn't he fuck up and like get blacklisted? Oh, yeah. he's like the Carlos Mencia of fucking magic, right? Yeah, he totally like. All right, he got caught stealing tricks from other people, like straight up stealing tricks from other people. And the thing about it is, is it's like, okay, you're obviously gonna have some magicians that do tricks that are similar, and some of them are fucking just straight up the same tricks. Because if it was created by a magician fucking two hundred years ago, you're gonna have people that are gonna do the same trick. No, he he was not only doing the trick 
he was ripping off somebody's entire presentation of the trick. Okay. And so the presentation part of how you do the trick is unique to, to each magician. They all have their different way of doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you do the trick, the mismade girl and, and it's where, you know, you got to, you basically got a chick in a box and she fucking, you know, they, they move her around and stuff. like. And then that. Kenneth fucks her. <laughs> and, and all right. And, and the thing about it is, is a lot of magicians do that trick. You know what I'm saying? Or do one of the tricks where, you know, you got a girl levitating and then, you know, you, you, you pull the damn sheet off of her or something like that. And then re put a ring around her to make sure that there's no wires or anything like that. You know, that, that's a common trick, but how you present it to the audience is what makes it unique to you. And Chris Angel was straight ripping those off. And he always said on his show that they weren't using camera tricks. Well, come to find out there were camera tricks in his show. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so you know, once people like people that were out in the uh, quote unquote audience, because a lot of those people out there were fucking paid to be out there, which is not uncommon. Them, uh, you know, people were coming forward and being like, you know, when Chris Angel blew up, people were coming forward and being like, okay, yeah, he really is using camera tricks. This is not how it happened. And once wow, I, I got to look into all that. Yeah. Once all that shit started coming out, man. Oh yeah, dude. He, he, he's, he fucking, he, he just fell out of fame or fell out of the fucking limelight at that point. Yeah. Cause it's great. Cause like him and Carlos Mencia kind of happened at like the same time where they were just like the biggest fucking things ever. And then it was like, oh yeah, well they stole everything and they lied. Oh uh, yeah. And, I mean, and now you don't, when's the last time you heard either one of those names? Uh, for me, Chris Angel is a little bit more often because I've still got some of his shit. Because I'm not going to lie. Some of Chris Angel's tricks are fucking badass. I mean, some of the ones that I know for a fact are tricks because I've seen other people do them. His presentation for some of these tricks are amazing. I will give him credit. He is a good showman. He just fucked up. He just made a mistake. And he shouldn't have done it. You know, just like Dane Cook. Yep. You know, it's just like Dane Cook. He was he he was a, he was great. I loved his stage presence. I loved watching his show and stuff like that. He just stood and stole jokes. Yeah, with Dane, there's one joke that uh, commonly gets called that Dane Cook stole. Where I was just like, to me, that it was more of like um, that was the people having the same thought over a common thing, like you know, with mayhem and the Belco experiment coming out at the same time. It's common ideas that just happen to get bankrolled at the same time. Wasn't it like, Dan Cook that with... just blatantly ripped off Doug Stanhope? Uh, yeah, there is one instance where Dan Cook, like, straight up stole some Doug Stanhope It was Stanhope damn shit. near word for word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is why I know some of them are, but there, there's... Another one that I've seen where they claimed he stole something where I was just like, it was something about like uh, ass itching or something. And I was just like, no, everyone has ass, ass itching. Like, that's just a legit thing. Right. Uh, so so could, making a joke of that. But yeah, up. he did straight up steal other like straight up jokes. Word for word. And he fucked up real bad when he stole Doug Stanhope's because, you know. You know Doug, Doug Stanhope. somebody out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fucking Doug don't play. I love Doug. If y'all don't know, Doug Stanhope is my favorite comedian of all time. It's uh, fucking he's, hilarious. He is, he is great. I've seen him live. He's amazing. I absolutely adore him. Um, his comedy may not be for you because, it go, it one, it covers everything. And two, if you get easily offended, you are not going to like this. He doesn't do shock um, humor for the sake of shock humor. 
it's very well done and very well thought out. But yeah, that's but anyway. So, but there was a there was a magician overseas that uh, David Copperfield had this very 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 uh, awesome fucking trick that he did a lot of times at the end of his show. It was his flying illusion, and basically, motherfucker, goddamn, levitated off the fucking stage like fucking Peter Pan and flew around the room. He is a lord of illusions. Oh, man, it is a fucking beautiful trick. It's amazing. And I mean, literally, like, he'll fucking stick his goddamn hand out like Peter Pan and everything and fly around the room. It's awesome. He'll fly through rings and shit like that. And if I remember correctly, he flew inside of a fucking plexiglass box, stayed in the box and levitated when they closed it shut on top of him. And then move the box around like the fucking plexiglass thing that they had goddamn Tommy Lee in when he was doing drums. And he and David Copperfield was sitting Indian style levitating in the air while the box was moving around. Damn. And then he flew back out. It's a dude, it's one of the best tricks I've ever seen. Well, a dude from overseas figured it out and damn he 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 blatantly copied it. I mean just was, straight up. was it like overseas like in China? I don't know if it, I don't think it was in China. It was a European country, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, then that counts. Because if it's China, it doesn't count. When you do some, when you rip something off in China, that's just China. Right, but no, this was like a European country or something. Because I know he sued the fuck out of that guy, man. Oh yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Though dude. I do kind of want like, uh, is there copyright to a, a magician's trick, or if someone like like backwards engineers it can they now do it as long as they change I think the presentation you can copyright the gimmick which is yeah. the mechanism that makes the trick work mm-hmm. but i don't know if like you you can his method for levitation can be copyrighted but the act of levitating cannot be if right so so he, is there does the pat if we raid the patent office will we find out how he does the trick probably fuck yeah. area 51 let's go figure out how Dave fucking uh Copper because not only this. they can actually they can patent the gimmick like like Jay said which is basically the mechanism of how the trick works and he can also copyright his stage show he can copyright how he presents the trick so oh, yeah if, like the choreography so, right so if he's using it as a flying illusion which is basically his, him peter panning around the damn room then he fucking can goddamn he can copyright that so the guy would have to do something different and use a completely different mechanism. Oh, okay. okay. So listen, you can, according to Google anyway, um, you can copyright. Um, what is sorry? I just lost my place. Uh, you can copyright dramatic works and choreographic works. You can't technically copyright the magic trick. You can only copyright the pantomime surrounding the trick. So the per- the performance of that trick can't be copyrighted. So if somebody is taking the exact same devices and exact same setup um, and doing the same trick, then that's when they've broken your copyright. Interesting. All right. Well, we're going to get back on topic here. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the magic podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, Magic the Gathering. We're going to be talking about my Valakut deck, which did very well back in the day. Um, <laughs> All right. So, Jay, basically what you're saying is that the mechanism can't be copyrighted, but the right. presentation can be. Yeah, so I was okay. Wrong. Yeah, that goes uh, right. So that goes back to what I was saying earlier when we were talking about it, where you know you've got tricks that they do, but how they do it, how they present it to the audience, like I said earlier, is is what Chris Angel essentially stole. Okay, all right. Um, 
So we've got a couple of people that, of course, really the only information I could find out in this episode, uh, which was kind of a bummer. I assumed with all the magic stuff, there'd be some cool information, but it's mostly just people who appeared in other episodes. Uh, Noah Pindler, who played Todd Marker, also appeared in season one's episode, The Tale of the Twisted Claw, as Dougie Freeman. Noah Pindler is the brother of Benjamin Pindler, and Benjamin Pindler appeared in the episodes The Tale of Jake and the Leprechaun and the series <laughs> revival episode The Tale of Highway 13 as Justin. Uh, James Bradford, who played Shandu, who appeared years later in the series revival as General Lang Candle in The Tale of the Silver Sight, three-part special. And Mark Brolamillo who played Nazrak the Demon, uh, later reappeared in the tale of Cutter's Treasure as Mr. Noise. So that's pretty exciting. So those are our three episodes. If you would like us to uh, do a volume two of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Or maybe do Goosebumps or X-Files or uh, fucking Tales from the Quip. Quipped? Quip. <laughs> I've been listening to too many podcasts that are doing advertisements for that Quip uh, toothbrush. Um, Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone, uh, fucking any kind of horror TV show you want us to do through random episodes that we get to choose, let us know. Maybe we'll do another one of these. It was pretty fucking fun. Um, do you want on the next episode for everyone to do their own, uh, choice or do I do all of them? Y'all let me know. Uh, you don't get a fucking vote, Jay. (laughs) The audience gets the vote. Um, and, uh, I really fun, Jay. Thank you for choosing this. Um, next episode, uh, I get to choose. So we are doing a f- horror coliseum, and uh, we are going to tackle the most important question in horror, the greatest debate that has ever happened. Because I am here to right the wrong. There has been slander thrown, and I have to stand up and take care of it. So we are going into the horror coliseum. To find out which is the actual worst movie in the Jaws franchise, we are putting Jaws 3D versus Jaws The Revenge in the Coliseum because I am tired of all you motherfuckers out there saying that Jaws The Revenge is the worst. It's not. It's Jaws The 3D. Go fuck yourself. I'm going to prove that shit by taking the uh, Horror Coliseum format, which provides us with trying to be as least biased as we can, and I have to, you know... I don't get to convince. Kenneth and Jay will have their scores already before we actually sit down to do the horror costume. And I am hoping that they will realize that Jaws 4. Jaws 4 is a better movie. Well, don't fucking tell them now, Kenneth. I'm trying to build suspense. It it don't mean shit, though. Because when I actually sit down and I do my scores, what is going to be technically better? Yeah. It comes out. It's unbiased. So what's going to be technically better? Just because I think that Jaws 4 is better than Jaws 3 doesn't mean that technically it will be. Oh, it, it is. Oh, it fucking is. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, what's going to be the next episode. Episode after that will be uh, up to Kenneth to choose. That will be in September. So Inception. That's where uh, you know what? I've never seen Inception. It's good. Is it a, is it a horror movie? No. No. Oh, then we can't do it. Get the fuck. Is it an action movie? I, Jay, is it sort of? Yeah, kind of. It, it has action in it, but it's not like a, It's not like an Arnold 
or a Stallone action movie. Is, like, is it is it, okay? So it, I'm asking because it can it be a Jerry hates action? Because y'all can pick a Jerry hates action. I doubt no, it. I no. Doubt. Okay, then no, we're not sci-fi. doing sci-fi. It's a cerebral movie. Yeah, yeah okay, we're not doing that. Um, we'll see what Kenneth ends up picking. Uh, we've got uh, the next. Let's see. Okay, everybody out there that fucking goddamn is listening to this podcast, who would like to hear us fucking do Inception? May not be a horror movie. But I want to hear it. If there's anybody out there that fucking wants us to do Inception, you tell us in the damn group or or on the main page or I don't give a fuck. Send me a message on goddamn Facebook. <laughs> and if, if I can get enough people, we'll do it. Fuck Jerry. I don't give a shit. We're going to do something. <laughs> All right. I guess I'm going to get overthrown. Uh, we've got uh, the next Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space episode will be Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Um, and if you saw in the Facebook group, I have... Um, Three more sidecasts that are going to be coming up. None of them have like select formats or exactly how they're going to be done. Like when they'll be released, they'll kind of be released whenever I fucking choose to do them. Um, which I've got Cult Unknown with uh, my uh, Jerry Cortez, aka Venom from Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. We uh, are going to uh, be getting into the world of paranormal, cryptozoology, conspiracy theory. Uh, aliens and uh, how Jay got a wife. It's a so mystery. those are going to be fun. She's cute too. I like uh, she then yeah. Then I've got Atomic Age Saucer Cast, which will uh, be me, uh, Court Psyops from Cinema Psyops. Did you just uh, say Atomic Age Saucer Cat? No, Atomic <laughs> Age Saucer Cast. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but me, Court Psyops from Cinema Psyops, uh, uh, Darren Wilson from the Psychosemantic Podcast, and Paul Stevenson from Who Will Survive, we will be tacking, tackling all kind of like 50s and 60s uh, sci-fi classics. And then uh, the big one is the Midnight Horror Debate, which will be me and four guests as we tackle a topic. It looks like the first topic actually might end up being what movie Hurt its franchise the most. I want which in. Will be very, very interesting. Um, I hopefully soon I will actually like pick a date and throw out a date. And when I have the date for when the recording is going to happen, that is when people who are available for the date can throw their name in the hat, and then we will pick who will be there. Um, I'm going to try to be you, a special guest on the cult one. Uh, oh yeah, on cult unknown for sure. Uh, Jay. You won on the Midnight Horror Debate. You've lost, like, every debate with me you've ever had. Now, I won't be doing much debating on the show, though. I'm going to be more moderating uh, and maybe playing some devil's advocate action. You I'm a good debater. You? You're a good <laughs> masturbator. There's a difference. Oh, a master debater. Yeah, this is not the Midnight Circle Jerk. <laughs> it could be. Uh, no, but Jay, 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 you, of course, can come on... Uh, the Midnight Horror Debate is obviously the harder, bigger show to do, so I don't know when that's going to be coming. But hopefully in September, we will have Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space or a Cult Unknown or an Atomic Age Saucer Cast that will actually come out. Those are just going to be fun side projects that I will do whenever the hell I, I feel like doing it. It will not affect the two episodes of Kill the Cast that will, of course, come out every month. These are more just side projects for me to take up my time. With that being said, I don't. We're really gonna have do Twilight. Else. We are going nope, to replace Kenneth on the podcast. Um, I'm the fuck out. How about the, how about the Covenant? Covenant? Did I see that one? 
That's a good movie. I don't give a shit. Pick whatever you fucking want as long as it's horror. Or action and it's we can do a Jerry Hates action. That's up to you, but uh, the fans will tell me. The fan yeah, y'all get in Kenneth's ear and tell him what you want. Other than that, we are in all the normal places. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, the Facebook group is honestly going to be the place we're at the most. Uh, and if you want horror memes, check out our Facebook like page. Um, other than that, we are fucking out. You can check us out on Legion Podcast. You can check out a bunch of other awesome shows on Legion Podcast. So make sure you give that a nice perusal. Um, and uh, thank you everyone who listened. Uh, if you're German and I offended you, I apologize. But... Your people committed two wars, so I think I could get a little leeway here. Uh, if I have to pay for all the shit the Americans did, you have to pay for all the shit the Germans did. So, True. you know, same boat. Uh, Jay, do you have any parting words for the people? Uh, next time, don't steal my fucking uh, quote, you son of a bitch. Well, you better... Fi- well, you don't do them for horror coliseums, though, right? No, but... Don't... Well, actually, no. I said I was going to start doing it after we ran the Freddy and Jason ones, but... Either way, those are my fucking thing. I'll kill you. Okay. Why don't you tell me your quote before we fucking record, and then I won't because have that problem. Because if they're funny, then, then I don't want you to know. how am I supposed to know if I'm stealing them, Jay? You just say, I'm Jerry, here's Jay. I don't like you that you're calling me uh, fucking Chris Mencia over here, <laughs> saying I stole your shit. See when it's a fucking uh, common thing okay anyway fucking i will try not to steal jay shit uh kenneth do you have any parting words for the people yeah don't stiff your hookers i thought you're supposed to get stiff for the hookers yeah but you don't Wait, want to leave them without you money like hookers that are stiff why would you have to give them yeah. money they're dead because then they're not hookers anymore they're still hookers. If I die, I'm still a podcaster. I'm just a dead one. I'm retired. Not anymore. You're not. Kenneth's After, the kind of guy you, who played Grand Theft you Auto die, and killed the hooker to get his money back. If you die, you are no longer a podcaster. Once you die, you become a fucking stiff plaything for the pleasure of myself. Okay, since we're recording this on the on the uh, anniversary of Robin Williams, um, is he no longer a comedian? Technically, no. <laughs> I mean, he's no longer anything. And at this current moment, I'm. According sure to Kenneth, he's a he's a plaything now. I don't know if I would play with Robin Williams. I think I might feel a little bad about that. Oh, but I'm okay to play with. Well, yeah, you know, I've been playing with you for years. It'd just be you a know continuation. What? When I when I eventually kill myself, I'm going to make sure I do it in a way that there's nothing for you to play with. Oh yeah, I will fuck the hole in your head. You're like I will. I will get your ashes and I will somehow mold them into a pocket pussy. I just don't just see you. you. I just don't see you killing yourself by burning yourself to death. I just don't do that. I don't see myself doing that. I don't. I, I, well, Jay might, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm a pussy. I'm taking pills and going to sleep. Exactly. So I will have full reign of your fucking rigid corpse. God damn it. Okay. Well, you heard it here. And your old lady would let me the exclusive corpse fucking podcast. Um, those are, uh, don't stiff your hooker is what Kenneth wants to leave you with. Uh, we love you. Um, so enjoy your life. Don't stiff your hookers and don't steal Jay's opening line. Yeah. Don't worry, Reese. I'll give you time to mourn.
If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.